0: Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the way. Well, good morning, everybody! Wonderful to see you here on this very rainy last Sunday in April. Hey, did y'all enjoy the big baptism service we had today? You're saying, did I miss something? If you were here last week, I announced we're going to have a big baptism service today. Don't really know why I said that. Not, not at all. We don't have one today. We don't have one next week. We do have one May 14th. Why I said it was last week, that it was going to be this week, I, 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 really, I really don't know. Who knows why I'm saying what I'm saying up here sometimes. But I am confident of this. We are preaching on Genesis today. I'm, I'm really certain of that. But uh, yes, we do have a, a big baptism service May 14th. Hey, one of the the things I I always love when I go to Israel, and I know probably at this point I've talked about that too much since coming back, but uh, it's kind of a little thing. It's not a reason that somebody would go to Israel. But one of the things I enjoy being there is when I'm there on the Sabbath. And usually when you're there for 10 days, it's at at least one of those days is going to be the, the Sabbath. And it's just interesting to be there and watch society kind of come to a stop. Kind of, and, and it doesn't just happen when it starts. I mean, like, Friday after lunch, because the Sabbath begins Friday evening, Friday after lunch, you begin to see things start to wind down and people preparing for that. Maybe it's interesting to watch because I'm, I'm just old enough to remember when our society was somewhat that way. We're not, we're not like Israel is in that sense, but I'm old enough to remember, remember when stuff was closed? You know, I mean, it just, you know, and so it's interesting to watch a culture uh, do that. They have buttons on the elevator that are Sabbath buttons that governs how fast it goes and how often it it stops. So, I mean, this kind of touches everything. I'm not saying everybody in Israel celebrating the Sabbath, acknowledging the Sabbath, but as a culture, they do. They even greet each other. Like kind of the way that you and I would greet each other at Christmas or Easter. They have a Sabbath greeting. Every Sabbath, Shabbat Shalom. Rest in peace. And so you just kind of see it and, and feel it all the way through the culture uh, as they celebrate the Sabbath. It's 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 kind of exciting to see that. Again, maybe I, I I'm saying that because we are a, a culture that has... Walked away from that, and I'm I'm talking about that today uh, because we're getting ready to talk about the Sabbath today. We're we're going last week. It was six days of creation, and the seventh day is an introduction to us of the Sabbath. You know, just if if you get nothing else today, think of this. Look where God places the teaching on the Sabbath. I mean, we're talking about page one, page two, however your Bible's laid out. We're, we're talking about one of the very first things, foundational things, beginning things that God is giving to us. You know, we always, we tend to talk about this more at Easter because, you know, they had to take Jesus off the cross before Sabbath began. But, uh, as you know, and I just referred to a second ago, in, in Israel, the Sabbath begins Friday evening. Not, not in the morning, but in the evening. And the reason for that is actually what you and I read last week in Genesis chapter one. You see, for them, the beginning of the day uh, is not just a Sabbath day issue. It's an everyday issue. Because when you read Genesis one, what do you see? There was evening. There was morning the first day. There was evening. There was morning. The second day. Now, why did Moses write it that way? I, I don't really know. Is that a command that you and I are to understand that the beginning of the day is nighttime? No, it, it, it's not. But that is where the Jewish thinking comes from. That's, that's why they see sundown as the beginning of a new day. So that's why the Sabbath starts on a Friday. So, uh, interesting, all, all these things you learn. Of course, it tends to be heavily about rules What I hope we see today, folks, is that the Sabbath is a gift. It is a gift that God gave to us. You know, the message I'm preaching today, I've actually preached here before. I don't do that often. I have one or two subjects where I I will pull old sermons. but, But normally, I don't repeat sermons. But I'm repeating today. And not only have I preached it here before, I've preached it here recently. Just two years ago, March of 21, I preached on the Sabbath. You say, well, why are you preaching again today? Because you didn't get it last time. <laughs> I can say the exact same thing. You didn't get it before. And by the way, that starts with me up here. As I went over this, I thought, how much I, we don't get it. You know, as I set up for that sermon two years ago, I, I didn't do that this time, but two years ago, I actually did two messages and I kind of showed in the first message how we're all living on empty. Does some of y'all remember that? Man, we're, we're, we're living on empty. And we all, man, hey, listen, different things going on in our lives. We can all at arrive at a place of emptiness in our life. What What COVID did, what 2020 did, was it brought the entire nation to empty at the exact same time. Maybe the whole world, right? I mean, we were all together on empty. And that's not a good thing. And I, and I actually talked about using medicine, using psychology to say, hey, we've got some rough years in front of us. There, there, there's a problem with living at empty, and it, it bears consequences. And now here we are two years later, and I would say it was much worse than I thought it was going to be. It, it, it's been, hey, 21, 22, in some ways we're a lot worse than 20 Man, folks, listen, you can't live at exhaustion and be okay. You know, we're a society. I like to say, I mean, you know, you pick your word. I say we're an agitated society. You know, hey, might be happy, might have a smile on my face, might have just heard good news, might be prosperous, but there's always a little flame down there for agitation. And it can, it can go to full burn so quick. And and that's how we're living today, and folks, God wants to re-energize, refuel, help you and me be ready to go every week, every month, every year if we just let them. If we just let them, you know how I know that? One of the most well-known passages in the Bible, a passage you've read probably more times than you can count, Psalm twenty-three. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who guides, who protects, who gets me where I need to go, provides for what I need, takes care of things I don't even know about. So with the Lord as my shepherd, I got no needs. I, I, I've got everything I want. That's David's testimony. And what he does in the rest of the psalm is he begins to catalog what it's meant in his life that he has the Lord as his shepherd. Have you notice what the first Three things cataloged are He'll make me lie down in green pastures. I'll have physical rest. He leads me beside still waters. That may or may not mean anything to you. If you're a sheep, it means a ton. You know, when you're big with wool, getting wet is not what you want to do because then you weigh like a thousand pounds and you drown. You know, so getting near, I mean, sheep, no, near rushing, moving water. This is not a good place. This is an anxious place. This is a fearful place. But the shepherd wants to get me to places where the anxiety level comes down, where there's a sense of calm. What does the shepherd want for me? Not just physical rest, but emotional and mental rest. He restores my soul. Now we're talking about just my entire person not not breaking it down physical emotional man man, just restoration for my soul and for my well-being you know who that shepherd is don't you he's got a name jesus and jesus in the new testament reiterates the same thing he offers us in the old testament come to me all who are weary and i will give you what sabbath that's, that's the word there. Come to me, and I will give you Sabbath. Hey, are you, are you weary from guilt? Are you weary from shame? Are you weary from trying to be good enough? Are you weary of bad news? Are you weary of trying to hope that things are going to get better? Are you weary of disappointment and discouragement? Are you weary of people? To all that, Jesus says, man, I got got what you need. I've got what you need. Come come to me and I will give you Sabbath and we don't go. Yes, I'm very aware I'm talking to people who are sitting in church this morning. Yeah, you and I, we don't go. I'm kind of hearkening back to my January series. Remember that called help? How much we need the Lord's help and, and yet... We'll all say I need it. Oh, I'm greatly dependent upon you, Lord. And then charge into the issue, the relationship, the problem, into the new day with no real plan of his help. Even if I've asked for it. Hey, listen, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go into this whether you show up or not, God. Now, Lord, boy, if you want to bless, by all means, please do. If you want to come make this faster, easier, more prosperous, better, whatever you want to do, God, please do it. Folks, we all have a plan for going forth without God. And that's how we then live our day. We don't go to him for the rest he's designed for us to need. Now, that's not just about, (laughs) I'm so tired. Yeah, sure, it's some of that, but it's so much more than that. Man, it's, it's our designer. Let me say it again. Look where this is. We have just been created. Genesis 1, 26, 27. We have just been created. And look what God gives to us in Genesis 2. Look up here. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. All the host of them and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. He blessed it. He made it holy. What is the Sabbath? What is it that God's blessing and giving to us? You know, the real key is in that word holy, which is not necessarily a word you and I come to quick understanding on. Matter of fact, I imagine for some of us, holy is almost a little bit spooky. You know, what what, what is holy? The, the word simply means not like others. Distinct. Set apart. In other words, there are six days... But now on this seventh day, I want it set apart. I don't want it to look like the others. I want it to be different from the others. God is putting in place for you, for me. And remember, he's doing this in what is still a perfect world. This isn't a result of, of the fall. This isn't a result of you being tired and exhausted. He's putting in a rhythm of life for Adam and Eve that's in a perfect world. Every seven days, stop. And, and he elaborates on this, as I, I think a lot of us know, when we get to the fourth of the Ten Commandments, and he says this. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor. Six days you run errands, make a living, do all of those things, do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. It's a rest. It's a stop to the Lord your God. You know, you look at that last phrase, to the Lord your God. You know what? You can rest out on the lake. You, you, you can rest in bed. There's no doubt there is a rest in doing that. But you're not having the Sabbath God designed for you, for you separate and apart from him. They go hand in hand. It is a Sabbath. It is a stop. It is a celebration to the Lord. To the Lord. So that, that, that you see again that word holy, six days, six days, make a living, mow the yard, get the laundry done, run to the grocery store, take the kids here, to, fro, and yonder, get them all, the, get all that done in six days on the seventh day. Stop. I keep using that word stop. Did you know that's also the meaning of the word Sabbath? Again, understanding that rest. It's not just about needing more sleep or being tired. Rest, it means stop. Cease. Cease striving for success and significance. Cease working for achievement and accomplishment. Cease, stop the to-do list. You know that that's my temptation. I, I think I, I told you all. It seems like somewhere recently here about my, my love affair with a to-do list. I kind of live by the to-do list. And, you know, folks, gosh, I mean, I, I, I can get home on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, maybe Karen's doing something. Maybe she's taking a nap. And I think, you know, if I just... And I'll reason this out in my head because I know it's a sin. And whenever you and I know we're about to sin, we got to work it out in our head, right? And so I'll tell the Lord. Now, Lord, I just just like an hour or two. Just want to check these things off. And you know what, Lord, I'll be able to rest so much better. I've said that. I'd love to say, you know, 20 years ago when I was a bad Christian like all of you. <laughs> no, I've I've said that in 2023. I've had this conversation with God. It's a, it's a temptation of mine. Lord, I'm not going to spend the day doing it. just just a couple just one two things. Just want to check them off and I I'll, I'll be good to go, Lord. And then man, and then I'm going to rest all you God, after that. You see, that folks, it's issue with the Sabbath is a very real temptation. Let, let's just put it down here at brass tacks. You can get more things done in seven days than you can six. Period. Bottom line. There's no debate about that. God didn't say that's not true. It is a 100% true. You can get more done in seven days than you can in six. Or for all of us good churchgoers, you can get more done in six and a half days... Because some of us are going to leave here just all in love with God and everything. And boy, it's hair on fire the rest of the day. (laughs) All right? So I can get more done in six and a half days than I can six. The only problem is that's not my design. I was made by somebody. And he knows how the parts go together. And he knows how they work. And the designer (laughs) said, you do this for six days and then you stop. You know, folks, you think of all the commands in the Bible. Think of the ones that come to your mind. Think of the ones that you struggle with. This doesn't seem like a hard one, does it? That This just seems like it should be, dare I say, easy. This ought to be the easy command to obey. Stop. I can do that. And yet, you know, throughout Jewish history, throughout Christian history, and while we are similar, we're different. The histories are not the same. This command to Sabbath has been fought and debated and disobeyed and over-interpreted, over-ruled. We have done so many things with the Sabbath except what God gave it to us for. So let's let's do a quick study. Let's run through it again. And man, Lord, maybe ten of us will actually change something. I'm, I'm skeptical. Just as much of myself as I am you, we do not Sabbath. We do not receive from God the help and the gift that he has, because we're too strong, don't need it. I'm too strong, and I, and I don't need it. Are we talking about mental health more than ever before? I'm not sure we're as strong as we think we are. So, what, what is the Sabbath? Now, some of what I'm about to say is just a repeat of, of what I've just said. Okay? What is the Sabbath? We see it there in Genesis chapter 2. God created for six days, and on the seventh day, he's Sabbath. And right here, throughout my time of ministry and life, of teaching about this, now, of course, now, God is not Sabbathing because he's exhausted Right, I even made a little joke about that last week. Hey, just give me, give me a break. Okay, just give me a moment. I just made the whole universe. Give me, give me a moment to rest. You no, know, God's all powerful. You, you know, his, the needle never moves off F for Him. It's always full. He's, he, it's always full on ideas, always full on creativity, always full on strength and, and energies. Oh, he's always full. But now you and I, and I go to how you and I get. empty. But then I realized, hey, wait a minute, maybe that's a part of our misunderstanding in this is I think that the only purpose of the Sabbath is if I'm exhausted and tired and just can't go anymore. But what if that's not God's point? God's not tired. God's not exhausted. And he says, hey, we're going to Sabbath. We're going to stop here because in the idea of rest, in the idea of stopping is the ability to enjoy what's happened the last six days to celebrate what has happened the last six days to trust my well-being is not in more work my well-being is in god i can rest in my designer i i yeah the grind has to go on you got to get back out there tomorrow and get after it right right Man, can you imagine living a life where you can never stop the grind, the fight, the tension? Because you you got to win, and you got to survive, and you got to... Man, what an exhausting way to live. How sad that you and I don't show the world anything differently. We act like we're, we're out there in the same grind, the same fight, the, the same tension. Hey, aren't we supposed to be showing, hey, I get to rest. It's a luxury. It's a luxury God has given to us... To rest. Man, folks, it's not about being tired. It's not about the name of a, of a day. Uh, it, it is about a flow of life. So spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, we need not an hour or two. It's not called a Sabbath hour. It's not called a Sabbath morning. We need a Sabbath day. Now, what day is The Sabbath. I doubt any of you are losing sleep over that question. It's on Sunday. What's the question here? You know, I'm going to answer it because it has been something kind of debated down through the ages. When I say debated, the Jews have never debated it. They 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 know when the Sabbath is right there in Genesis two it's right there in the fourth commandment it's the seventh day for them that's a key word for them the seventh day was what you and I would refer to as Saturday or in their case Friday night to Saturday night it's over at dinner time Saturday night so they've never debated that they've never wondered they've ignored it but they they've never debated it okay for for it's not a debate between Jew and Christian. I'm going to step out on a limb here and say the Jew could care less what you call the Sabbath. They're not bothered by it. They're not, they're not working through that. This is not a debate between Jew and Christian. It has been a debate sometimes between Christian and Christian. Anybody in here know, have a friend, a Seventh-day Adventist? You know, that that would be one very identifiable group. There's other groups, smaller groups, that really... Pretty with a lot of conviction, believe that you and I are sitting here in this morning in total disobedience, and are not going to ever fully know God's blessing and God's kindness because we're not on Saturday. And there' reason for that. And I'm going to say something, folks. Pretty, they have a pretty good reason for calling us out on this. There is no verse in the Bible that says stop doing it on Saturday, start doing it on Sunday. Does that freak you out a little bit? <laughs> Wait, what? Why are we doing this? Uh, okay, let, let's think about that just a second. Uh, first of all, the command is not about the name of a day. The command is about a cycle of life. How we do life. And at least in the American culture, maybe I'd look at this a different way in, an, in another culture. As a matter of fact, I could call out some cultures. Hey, if I lived in Israel, I'd, I'd probably go to church on Saturday. Okay, But in the American lifestyle, if you're looking at a seven-day cycle, what do you consider Monday morning the beginning of the week? And you know, there is one place where we kind of think of the evening as the start of something. Friday afternoon, right? When we're getting on the bus after a day of school Friday, everybody's spirit's a little lifted up. When we're getting in the car and leaving Friday from work, we're all real happy because we're about to start the... What's the fast part of that? End. Listen, yeah, on a lot of our calendars, Sunday's over here on day one, Saturday's over here on day sin, uh, day seven, that's not how we live. In our cycle of life, in our flow of seven days, it's Monday to Saturday. And that's what the command is. Romans chapter 14, verse 5 through 6, actually says, Honor the Sabbath, but don't exalt one day over another. Okay? Yeah, I want you to put in place this flow of life. And you have to somewhat measure what's going on around you to understand that, that flow. So, Monday through Saturday, in the way we live, Sunday is day seven. So, I, I would actually say, I'm being very legalistic in obeying, obeying the Ten Commandments, and, and this, is the, this is the seventh day. So, I don't. I don't feel that I'm out of that, out of obedience to the Ten Commandments. What was going on in the New Testament? So when when a Jew became a Christian, okay, and I'm talking about like five minutes after Jesus ascended into heaven. I'm talking about the early days, the early weeks, those first several months and years. You realize when a Jew became a Christian, they didn't think they were changing religions, right? They're not changing religions. They're not changing faith. Oh, I need to stop going to church here and start going. No, they kept going to synagogue. And synagogue met on Saturday. Why would they have done anything different? They have received the entire hope of the Jewish faith, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. They didn't think they were making any any change. They were stepping into the fulfillment. But it didn't take very long before the synagogue said, you can stop coming here. And they invited them very persuasively to stop coming here, like stoning you to death. I don't know if you start throwing rocks at me, I'm probably not coming back next Sunday. That's just me. You know, maybe you're different. And so then they began to move and migrate to meeting as what you and I would refer to as Christians. All right. And they began and this is in the Bible. This is in and they began to meet on Sunday. Why did they meet on Sunday? You know, you and I, we just did it a couple weeks ago, didn't we? You and I celebrate Easter once a year. They moved to Sunday because they thought, hey, let's do this. Let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every single week. And they saw that Sunday as succeeding. So what we're observing in the New Testament is what they did. There's no command. And that is a part of good Bible study. Hey, am I just being shown what they did? Or am I being given an actual command? And you do kind of got to work through that. But that's where the, the history of the church began to meet on Sunday. But then I got Paul saying, don't get caught up in the name of a day. Celebrate the Sabbath. It's about rest. It's not about rules. But boy, have we made a lot of rules on it, haven't we? You know, when you give rules, there's two kinds of people that receive rules. There's one kind that ain't nobody telling me what to do. And I think that's kind of an American personality. We're probably all very familiar with you. Somebody starts telling me what I can and can't do. We can kind of bow up a little bit, don't we? But there is another kind of personality. By the way, it's just as bad as the disobeying. You give me a rule, I'm going to make three more rules out of it. And then hold you accountable, judge you for not keeping not just the rule, but the three rules I made up. And in Jewish history, you can kind of mark there, you can mark before the exile, okay, and then after the exile. And I know I'm throwing out words like y'all all know what that is historically. But before 586 B.C., the Jews had two primary problems. They ignored the Sabbath, and they were polytheistic. They knew the one God, but they worshipped lots of gods. After they came back from exile, what did they do? They fixed it. And they went from going way too far that direction to going this direction, and it's the right direction. But, you know, sometimes we can even do too much with the right direction. Now, one, they became extremely monotheistic. There's not much wrong direction about that, Right. But then they picked up the Sabbath, which they always struggled with, and they made over 600 rules about what to do and not to do on the Sabbath. You could not carry a fig on the Sabbath. You could carry your child on the Sabbath, unless your child was holding a fig, I have now sinned and I have to put the child back. And, and Jesus is going, are you kidding me? You guys have lost your mind. You notice in the New Testament, I mean, there is one dominant argument Jesus has with the Pharisees from the beginning of his ministry and, and that is over the Sabbath. And they're back and forth on what he can do and what he can't do. I love in, in Mark chapter 2 verse 27 to 28, I look at it as the original mic drop. J- Jesus said, hey, listen, guys, okay, I'm just going to stop right here. This, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to debate you about the Sabbath because I am the Sabbath. I'm it. I'm not going to debate you about it. I'm, I'm it. I am Lord of the Sabbath. And, boy, he takes them right back to Genesis 1 and 2. And I made it for you. I didn't make the Sabbath and then create a bunch of people to meet the needs of the Sabbath. No, I made people, and then I made the Sabbath for those people. Did you hear that, folks? Jesus said the Sabbath is for you. Now, that's wonderful to hear. Now, I'm, I'm one of those who's going to make too much out of the rules. I'm a rule keeper. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm going to go, okay, but could you clarify? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, Jesus, there is something I'm supposed to do and there is something I'm, I'm not supposed to do. So I get it. It's not about rules. It's about rest. But OK, so like, what can I do? All right. I, and some of you in there understand that that's in me. It's in you, too. Right. And it, the problem is the moment we start heading to rules, we head to obligations and duties and we miss the gift. Remember, God called it a blessing. It's we're supposed to be experiencing a gift today. Not, not an obligation and a duty. It, it, it's supposed to be a gift that we're here. I see, and I'm not saying it's only this, I see four principles that I look at in the Old and the New Testament that I would want to use to, to try and build a Sabbath. For my home, for my family, for our church. here Here's what I, I would go by. And and again, some of this will just be repetitive to what we've just heard. Number one, the Sabbath is to be a day marked by rest. I mean, wh- wouldn't we all say, whatever the Bible's saying, it's pretty clear that rest is to be a part of it. Now, rest, and I love a nap on Sunday. But I'm by rest, I, d- I don't just mean physically. I, I think it's the whole person. All right? When I think of rest... What I want, when, when we get to sundown tonight, I'm going to speak Jewish-like. <laughs> when we get to sundown tonight, I want to be on a full tank. I want to be on a full tank with God. I want to be on a full tank with my family. I want to be on a full tank in my soul. You know, when we walked away from the Sabbath as a culture, because, you know, we can get so much more done, you know, we, we kind of walked away from the big family meal, I'm sure some of you in here still do that. But is anybody in here older enough to remember when the family meal on Sunday was as much a hallmark of that day as going to church? You see, man, this, this is a place I stop acting on fire and I I care for my relationship with God, I care for my relationship with others, and I and I care for my relationship with my soul. That doesn't mean I'm not doing any of that the other six days. It means God says, hey, you need to stop and make sure one whole day is devoted to that. I want to be on full. I want to be connect. Man, when I hit Sunday night, I'm connected to God. I'm connected to my family. I'm connected to my soul. Number two, it's not to look like other days of the week. Now, that's, that's kind of where the rules come in, right? You know, remember last, last two years ago, I made a funny joke about you can't blow leaves on, on Sunday. And what kind of horrible, wicked person fires that machine up when we're all trying to take a nap? I went home. And we were having a Bible study at our house that night. And my, this tree had dropped all this red stuff on my driveway. And I'm, I'm literally, I'm peeking out the side of the garage and karen comes out this is sunday like two hours after i preached and and she goes what are you doing i said I'm, I'm gonna blow the driveway she goes you can't do that and i said karen they're gonna track it all into the house literally it will not take me i, I won't have it on for two minutes and she goes you're you're gonna get in trouble and she goes inside, like, you know, this is all all you. So I I fired up, I run it, scoop, I get to the end of the driveway, and this this neighbor is walking up the street. And I can tell he's looking at me and walking to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my sin has found me out. And you know we have not talked a lot in the past. We're somewhat new in this cul-de-sac, and Karen knew this family down the corner. I think better than I did. He walks up and says, "Are you running your your blower on Sunday?" And I mean, folks, I'm going. Oh my! I'm going straight to hell. And and, and I ah, ah and and then it dawned. And I said, "Did you did you watch us online today?" He goes, "I sure did." <laughs> I said, well, now you know that nothing I say needs to be taken that seriously. (laughs) It was horrible. It was a really kind of a low, low moment for me there. Then I had to go inside and tell Karen. (laughs) So I didn't need to share all that. Um, what What does it mean to not look like the other days of the week? I mean, that's, that's, hey, you can't do this. You can do this. You know, folks, think of, think of, think of that word stop. Okay. Think of your body as an engine. All right. My car's turned on. Even if I'm idling, there's idling and there's going 70 miles an hour. Now, I think we all get it. God's saying, don't go 70 miles an hour on, on, on Sunday. But what about idle? All right. Stop. Turn the whole, pull the key out. Okay, now you and I can leave here in a moment, and we will. And there's there's things we can do that keep the engine off today, and there's things we can do that can turn it back on, and we get kind of into an idle there, maybe a low rumble. For some of us, that's checking email, right? I check email. Oh my gosh, I got to do this. I need to make I need to make sure they know, right? And all of a sudden, you know what's going? the, The tension, the conflict, the grind. The grind of life is kind of gearing up. For some of us, when we look at social media, it kind of gets the grind. Matter of fact, so we go home day, I'm in a good mood. I love Jesus. Look at social media. What an idiot. Right? I mean, that's what we all learn during COVID is, man, a lot of my friends are idiots. You know? And so what does that do? It just gets that flame going up and up and up and up. So you gotta, you got to be honest with yourself. Hey, what, what keeps me in neutral? What keeps the engine off? And what gets the, the boiler going? What, what, the goal is that it doesn't look like the other days of the week. And you've got you've to gotta answer that question for yourself. Number three, it's a day for remembering the Lord. Um, you're not celebrating the Sabbath without church. That's a big thing to say in America today, among American Christians, because we don't go to church every Sunday. We don't even come close to going to church every Sunday. It's not needed anymore. Nobody expects it anymore. I'm just supposed to be glad you're here. Never challenge how often you're here. Now, when I say you've got to come to church, I'm not saying you're going to die and go to hell if you, if you don't go to church next Sunday. I'm not saying you're going to have a heart attack because of anxiety and stress and fear. No, I I don't think. I'm not saying you're out of the will of God and he won't bless your next week if you miss church next Sunday. I'm saying that we treat church as an accessory to our Christian life. I think God is saying, no, it's in every part of your week of your Christian life. Yeah, sure, man. The more active I'm here, the more I'm a part. No, it's not going to kill me. I'm not going to miss something with God if I'm gone one Sunday. But when not being here is the norm, being here is the more hit and miss, we're, we're missing it. And that means we're missing what I need in my soul. It is a day, that is, that is if there's a rule, that's the building block. Everything else I'm going to build in, on, and around my Sabbath is on that building block of being with God and being with his people as a part of my Sabbath. Number number four, it's a day defined by conviction. What a testimony. And I referred to this earlier, folks. What a testimony I can give to my neighbors, for some of us, to our family I don't need to do the grind seven days a week. I don't need to be stressed and tensed seven days a week. I have the luxury of resting in God. I actually have the belief and conviction, I can be more and do more and accomplish more resting in God one day a week than you can in seven. That, that's what you and I are supposed to be living and demonstrating before family and friends and neighbors, unless you need to mow, blow the driveway real quick. <laughs> tracking it all into my house. You know, no, that that's that's a testimony. That's a conviction. It's it's not a little thing. It's it's a big thing. Now what how does the Sabbath benefit me? What what does it do for me folks i real simple real straightforward your health and well-being is dependent upon the sabbath look where god put it look where how he explains it to us this is how we are designed our health and well-being is dependent upon it you know to me a great way to understand this is uh is running you know, long-distance long runners live kind of by a, a, a principle, and I'm more like a short-distance jogger now. But I was at one time in my life a long-distance runner, and and in long-distance running, there, there's a principle, there's a rule you live by. If you wait till you're thirsty, it's too late. You're you're all, when thirst hits here, you're already dehydrated. Now I I I kind of grew up right there, you know, coming in out of the 70s into the 80s and it was right at the end of a real stupid era of athletics and coaching. Anybody here old enough to have a coach tell you you're weak if you need water? Yeah, I mean, I you ask for water, you're going to run an extra lap is what you're going to do. You know, you didn't you didn't ask for water. Boy, was that that stupid. So I I did workouts and accomplished those workouts probably dehydrated I've run races, not on purpose and not because the coach said anything, but I know I've run races and I achieved. I did well in the race and was probably dehydrated. What I didn't know is that I had missed optimum. I missed what could have been if my body was fully hydrated. I also don't realize the damage That I'm doing to my body. Some of that damage can be immediate. You ever been watching a a football game. Late August. Early September. And everybody's going down with a hamstring. And you'll almost always hear the announcer say. Boy it's really hot out here today. They're dehydrated. A pulled muscle. Very connected to being dehydrated. So some of the consequences of dehydration. Can be immediate. Others are over a lifetime. As the body starts to break down. Because it's never had what it what it needed you know what the sabbath is it's God scheduling a cool drink of water for you before you break down you may be fine you may be able to achieve you may be even able to achieve well but you don't realize what could have been and you don't realize the damage that you're doing to yourself by not taking that cool drink of water I'm not saying the Sabbath is all there is to health. Hey, we can talk about exercise and diet and sleep, pattern. hey, even prayer. I mean, science. have talked a lot about science the last two or three. Science has said there, there is a measurable difference in the health and well-being, the recovery of people who are prayed for, prayed with, and pray with others, right? So there's something for our health. That's another thing God has given us. But here's my point. Minor things won't fix your health if you ignore the major thing. And I'm, that sounds strange to call prayer minor. I'm calling the Sabbath major because of where God puts it in its introduction. And how often it's repeated all the way through the Bible. And I'm not just thinking about our physical, physical spiritual, emotional. The, the health and well-being of me is directly tied to the Sabbath. So, folks, we got to be asking ourselves this question. What can I do every Sabbath that enjoys, that celebrates, that rests in God? Enjoys, celebrates, and rests in life. There's going to be things common to all of us in answering that question. Going to church, maybe a meal, uh, maybe the nap. And then there'll be some things that are going to be unique to each of us. Some of us are going to fill that tank out on a hike. Some of us are going to fill that tank reading. Some of us are going to fill that tank watching a movie. Maybe we're going to do it playing a game together. We're all going to answer that question a little bit differently. I guess what I'm saying, folks, if you don't go home and have a conversation with yourself... A conversation with a, a spouse, with a family. Hey, maybe you're not married. You live with a roommate. If that roommate's a question, I'd have a, a conversation. Hey, what can we do to create a Sabbath in this place? And talk about that and, and, and get a conviction about it and live it. If, if there's no conversation, then guess what? This will go on as is because I don't need it. I'm, I'm strong enough. And we're just breaking down. And we're missing the chance to show the world all around us. Man, in the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God, I don't have to fight anymore for approval and worth. I can rest. When we live like them, boy, we sure give away a lot of opportunity to show what our God has, don't we? Let's pray. Jesus, help me, help us, help our home, help our church. Build a Sabbath. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.